This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 28, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Certificate of Need laws require entrepreneurs to get explicit government permission to provide new products or services. In many cases, that gives existing providers something close to a veto over new competition. Darpana Sheth is an attorney at the Institute for Justice. We discuss their new we discuss their new case dealing with competition in medical imaging in Virginia. In Virginia, we are challenging um, the Virginia's medical certificate of need program, uh, primarily as it applies to medical imaging equipment. And so Virginia is one of only three states that requires a certificate of need to buy medical imaging equipment, regardless of how much that device costs. And here, for example, there's evidence on the record that sometimes the machines are as low as in the six figures, so $179,000. Um, but people would then need to go through, if you're a doctor or a medical provider, you want to buy this kind of equipment, um, you need to go through this complicated, onerous, um, burdensome, and costly, as well as unpredictable administrative process known as the Certificate of Need Program, and essentially get government permission to open up your new offices or offer these services. And certificates of need, uh, at least in the medical field, um in Kentucky, they have a very extensive uh, certificate of need law for uh, medical facilities. And essentially, it is other hospitals or other providers of that service who um, have significant sway over whether certain certificates are approved. That's right. Existing providers get to intervene in the application process of a, of a would-be competitor, essentially, and say, no, you shouldn't, the government shouldn't grant them a certificate of need because they are already satisfying that need in the community and there's no need for additional um, service providers. So it's really essentially a way to reduce competition and protect existing um, medical providers. From some perspective, I suppose you can understand a medical provider that spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on a particular piece of equipment in hopes that it will be used and they can uh, make that money back. But you know, the other the competitors are also having to make that calculation. They have to decide whether or not uh, this particular piece of machinery is already in use elsewhere, if the prices are competitive, and that sort of thing. That's right. And one of the most interesting aspects about certificate of need, at least modern uh, laws today, are that it's not related to, you know, it's all, even if your investment is completely privately financed, so you're spending all of your own money to buy this um, equipment or make this medical investment, you're still subject to these certificate of need requirements. So it has nothing to do with, you know, saving taxpayer money, essentially, or even health or safety kind of issues, because there's no controversy that the services that want to be provided are conventional and accepted medical practices. It's not a licensing question, essentially, because there's no dispute that all the medical providers would be licensed in the state. So what is the government's argument for maintaining this kind of regime uh, preventing competition in the medical field? So the government mainly claims that it offers cost benefits because there's this idea that there's physician-induced demand and therefore if they can restrict the supply of medical facilities, demand will go down and the prices will essentially um, not be inflated. Um, and that, that theory has just, uh, I guess, empirically not been borne out. Um, Congress, uh, back in the 1970s, uh, when Medicare and Medicaid um, were 
organized under a different kind of system, they thought, well, let's encourage states to have these programs. And they offered financial incentives for states to adopt certificate of need um, laws. And in response, the, you know, in, in, with the lure of federal dollars, a lot of states, um, nearly every state except Louisiana, adopted certificate of need laws. And they kind of varied in terms of how extensive they were. But after about a dozen years of experimenting with this, Congress concluded that it was simply a failed program, that the certificate of need laws failed to contain costs and produced anti-competitive effects that outweighed any other benefits that they could provide. And so it repealed that, those, um, the law that incentivized certificate of need programs in 1986. And after that, at least 14 other states repealed their certificate of need law. But Virginia, along with 36 other states, maintained some form of certificate of need law. But most of these states, as you mentioned, and like with Kentucky, are focused on hospitals or nursing homes or very large-scale facilities. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Virginia is just one of three states that really regulate down to no matter how much the dollar amount is, which is problematic because for medical providers who want to get a certificate of need, they eventually spend up more money trying to get the certificate of need maybe than the medical investment that they were seeking to, to make anyway. So certificate of need uh, from a market basis is, is fairly incoherent, but um, in terms of the legal arguments defending it, this is, seems a pretty blatant infringement upon somebody's ability to go into business in the medical field and try to earn a living. That's right. And that's one of the arguments we made um, initially when we brought the case. Unfortunately, I, I guess as um, your audience is familiar with, the the standard of review there is very low. It's the rational basis test. And so the courts found that um, just based on the pleadings and the allegations and the complaint that Virginia has a legitimate interest in, in health care and this is health care. And so we're not going to second guess the legislature in terms of um, rational basis. So the equal protection clause or substantive right to earn a living. Um, but it did reinstate what our uh, claim under the Dormant Commerce Clause. And under the Dormant Commerce Clause, we argue that Virginia's Certificate of Need program violates the Dormant Commerce Clause in two distinct ways. First, it discriminates against interstate commerce. And second, it unduly burdens interstate commerce. And um, here, we were mainly focused just on the medical imaging part of the um, equation, not the entire Certificate of Need program. And so in terms of discrimination, there's two different kind of ways in which it discriminates. It discriminates against the imaging manufacturers, all of whom are located outside of the state, in favor of the in-state imaging providers. So these are people in Virginia who are offering these medical imaging services uh, for every new MRI machine or CT scanner that is not imported into Virginia. These existing providers get the benefit of reduced competition, and they can charge higher prices, and they effectively have kind of a limited monopoly. Um, the second way in which it discriminates is sort of the application process. So is, and that's just a factual question, is it, is the way the application process works is Virginia um, disproportionately favoring entities that are incorporated or are out of state um, who have businesses and stuff out of state versus the in-state medical providers who um, want to establish or expand their existing services. And 
the last time on appeal. So back in 2012, the Fourth Circuit recognized that there, there is very much a practical and structural advantage that these in-state providers have over other new entrants to the market. And so we needed to have discovery and build a factual record as to whether it was actually you know, discriminatory in practice. And the same thing applies for the unduly burdening um, interstate commerce argument. So there, the question is, is it is the operation of the law substantially burdening interstate commerce in a way that is um, outweighed by any putative local benefits? Um, and so the putative local benefits that the government argued was, well, it reduces cost, it increases access to health care. And so that's, again, a factual question that really requires getting into discovery, seeing how the law actually operates. And there's been a lot of study of uh, certificate of need laws in recent years, and, and they've found, as you noted earlier, no particular benefits. That's correct. The consensus of the academic literature is that certificate of need programs on whole do not have any benefits in terms of decreasing cost. In fact, some studies even show that costs are increased precisely because of that anti-competitive effect. Um, there's no showing that there's an increased access to care because of the charity requirements. So this, there's this argument that Certificate of need laws essentially prevent cream skimming, um, where you can cross-subsidize the hospitals who are forced to provide indigent care and charity care um, can do that because they also can get um, they can also provide services in other fields that are more, um, I guess, lucrative, like medical imaging or things like that. Um, and that the academic literature has borne out. There was a recent study by the Mercatus Institute that said that there's no real evidence for that. Now, there are some studies out there that show there may be some benefits to certificate of need programs in particular areas like heart surgeries or things like that. And so there, I guess eventually the literature is, is very mixed, which um, – but the consensus of the academic literature is certainly that these programs are not uh, beneficial on net. Darpana Sheth is an attorney at the Institute for Justice. Learn more about the anti-competition that is Certificate of Need in Cato's own Regulation magazine, available at cato.org.